Hey, what's going on? If you don't want to hear about the Patriots, skip to about 13.10. And if you don't really want to hear about them, you'll enjoy the rest of the episode from there. Alright, enjoy. Coming off of what was the apparently greatest sporting event that's ever happened since, like, God and Jesus left this place, right? That's that's what Lions Bears was. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been more. more, more I don't more know impressed. what other game you'd be talking about. Yeah. Honestly, nothing else happened today. Yeah, Tom Brady came back to Gillette, and then like God cried, and then Bills did nothing. Steve Belichick's a weirdo. Mac Jones is going to get overhyped, but I don't really want to talk about that game. So that's why there's six of you to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, just delegate, you know. I don't know, man. I felt like that Bucks defense really kind of like they hit like the highest high they possibly could in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I just feel like they've been on a steady decline because now everyone's holding them, myself included, to that same expectation where they just played like they all railed bumps of meth. And Devin White's a madman. And don't get me wrong, I mean, the loss of JPP tonight hurt them you know well, a decent amount but they still got to him joe tryon had two sacks in his starting snap debut i mean you look at every snap though literally if you go back and look at every snap vita vea is pushing two or three people over and just creating exactly. a lane for someone that like i told you guys two weeks ago i said mm-hmm. that defense revolves around vita vea and last year it was like everyone creating plays for themselves, and now it's just Devin White and Vita Vea doing their thing. Yeah, yeah, so, you yeah. Can't expect, it's you can't sustainable, expect them to do that for the offense, so for the defense every single time. I mean, you know, no. you can't just rely on two dudes to make plays over and over and over yeah. again to free everybody else up. It's not sustainable. I mean, the Patriots ran the ball like ten times and had negative one rushing yards. I mean, they weren't even trying. So yeah. these dudes knew they had to defend the pass here. Mm-hmm. How about Richard Sherman? How about the Richard Sherman debut? He was washed. Garbage. That wasn't the best outing. How is he he taking starting snaps? It's because they they have nobody else. That secondary is... It's him and Pierre Desiree. Yeah, that, <laughs> that secondary started at a very bad place. I mean, going you know going into this game, they were thirty second of the league, and I think pass yards allowed and passing touchdowns allowed this year, which is just straight up the most simple measurement you can use for passing defense. Um, but Sherman did nothing to improve that, and then they lost like what two uh, two defensive backs during yeah. the game as well. I mean, Carlton Davis gonna... being the the biggest yeah. one. Yeah, I was going to so, say. Um, I mean, I'm a, I like Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy, Murphy Bunting, but um, I mean, it kind of revolves around Carlton Davis being who he was last year, and he hasn't been that guy since, well, last year. So, I mean, from it's what obvious. Everyone was talking, from what everyone was talking about during the week with how great Sherman was looking in practice, I he let us down big time. Well, I mean, if 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 you're going against guys like Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, you might look pretty good. But um, I think they're just so overhyped. This defense is just so stupid overhyped. Like, and Dominic Sue is not good anymore. Like, he's decent. I would say he gets, he's a 
he has like a splash play every now and then. Yeah, but generally like, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that sustainable success that you kind of expected him to have. I feel like if you were good in the league for so for a long time, you have those splash plays purely off of like experience and IQ. Like every once in a while, you'll get a read that you just think you can make a play on, or you know it's coming because you've seen it a thousand times. Other times, you they just I mean you're just not effective. It's literally it's it's Vita Vea and Devin White. Antoine Winfield's not bad. Carlton Davis isn't. He's he's above average. Like they're they're just so stupid overrated. I'm I was really high on Winfield. I wanted the Ravens to take him back in the draft. So yeah, I'm I like him a lot as a player. I think that he he can go far. He just needs development. Exactly. Yeah. Well, how about the Patriots? I mean despite an embarrassing negative one rushing yards on the night, Mac Jones looked pretty good, effective against, I mean, they're a decent defense. I'm not going to say they're bad, mm-hmm. maybe even above average. Mac Jones I would say the, good. I would say that the, they, they're more dangerous to a rookie who hasn't had, who's not quite playing in the NFL speed yet. I mean, they right. haven't exactly asked Mac Jones to do a ton. They've yeah. made him, you know, they've made him <laughs> throw the ball a lot, but they're not complicated. Is there, it's not a complicated offense. It's very much, Hey, we're gonna scheme a man open over here. Put it, you know, put it in the numbers. Seven yards mm-hmm. downfield, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and I feel like he's like one tier above, or like one step above game game manager or like facilitator. Mm-hmm. I mean, Even if that, I, he's yeah. just like, he's just he's just yeah. he's just learning. I mean, I think Bel- Bill Belichick's doing a pretty uh, good job of yeah weaning him into running an offense but he's also uh bill, bill belichick clearly suffered without having someone who has a ton of experience in his style of offense over the years i mean you know you take away him leaning on one of the most consistent quarterbacks of all time yeah for well, pretty much had... his entire his entire you know two decades in new england you kind of I, I you know we can say you know oh, was it belichick was it brady but Really, you know, neither one of them would have had that same success without the other. Right. And Bill Belichick, it, you know, it, it freed Bill Belichick up to take care of the things Bill Belichick's best at taking care of, like you know, scheming defense and making, yeah. you know, making making good schemes that work both on offense and on defense. And without the QB to man- help manage the offense for him, he's got to either lean on his coordinators more, or you know, train the dude up to be a you know a, a Brady copycat, and right. that might be what he's trying to do. Here. Well, and and I. I... I think it kind of goes overlooked. I mean, Brady's the goat, but um, it's overlooked that he had Gronk and Gronk with or without Brady's a good player. He had Randy Moss and Julian Edelman. Like he had, he had really good playmakers for a while and they had effective runners. Um, Sony Michelle's like rookie year, the LeGarrette Blunt st- stints. I mean, they had like good players. So um, I mean, they're asking Mac Jones to like elevate people's, talent level and, and i mean that's a lot to ask i do feel like he's doing like a, a pretty dang good job with you know jacoby myers and nelson Aguilar and kendrick Bourne, Nikhil harry mm. damian yeah, he's Harris. Not surrounded by weapons you know right i mean the, the pats did have a good off season for signing talent but like but no not a great off season. top tier star yeah yeah I, as i said uh, this back on wavelength um post free agency um, that uh, you know, way back when the, the Patriots did exactly what bad teams do in the offseason, which is they sign a exactly. lot of ex- a lot of um, like high tier but not top tier talent to top tier talent average. contracts, yeah, above yeah. average to you know to elite contracts, 
and then expect them all to follow through. You know what? Maybe one of those, what, max two of those contracts actually no. hits on one of these guys? Yeah. Maybe. But yeah. um, the I mean, rest of them, you're just stuck with dead money, and that's going to screw them over long term if they can't make it work. I mean, they have a room full of wide receiver twos at mm-hmm. best. And then they have Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry as their tight ends, and that's attractive. But, like, you really can't share between the two. Uh, it's just not going to be effective. No one's going to get the stats they want or the touches. And I was expecting one of the two to pull away from the other, and we're just seeing them both play the tight end position. No one is reinventing themselves. So Yeah, no one's excelling as, a, as like, a, you know, a, a two-way, you know, run block pass right. block, catching threat you know and no one's stepping up as like you know sort of that uh that speedy you know hollister style wide receiver wide receiver almost at tight end yeah and you know you're not seeing that seeing that elevation from either of them yeah i mean they were hoping for like an uber athletic versatile chess piece with Jonu smith and like a reliable red zone threat and pass walker and hunter henry and they're just not getting that they, yeah, they wanted to stretch the field with Nelson Aguilar. I mean, Kendrick mm-hmm. Bourne – I think Kendrick Bourne's doing his job. I mean, he's just got to be a reliable slot run, slot, uh, route runner from the slot, and mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. But, I mean, there is no one that is, like, making a name for themselves. Everyone's just kind of part of an offense for them, and I think they're going to struggle mm-hmm. until they get their um, – like, their, their centerpiece – they're yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, they're Stefan Diggs. So Yeah, I think that you know this it could work well for this season to develop Jones because it's kind of forces them to keep it simple. You have a lot of guys who can effectively yeah. do the basics, um, which lets him sort of drum in the, the drum in those fundamentals and get him settled into the NFL and make him, you know, give him some growth for next year. But you can't admit three or four weeks into the season, no matter what your record is, that you're playing for next year. No matter how yeah. bad you are, you can't admit that i I mean i don't think they're going to when i look at the patriots i mean you were talking about it like bad teams do do what they did in free agency which is just sign all of these above average players to to maybe overpaid contracts um and when i think about it more i feel like they're banking on their drafts so they're going to develop mac with these with these above average guys and then they're going to draft the centerpieces so um you know think of it like if the Vikings were filling their wide receiver room with a bunch of wide receiver twos, and then they bring in Justin Jefferson. So their centerpiece then, yeah. I mean, if, if they can find playmakers at key positions and guys who are really going to separate themselves from the pack in the draft, then they have them on rookie contracts and they're dishing their money to the supporting cast. Mm-hmm. But that's a tough bet because you don't know if your draft picks are going to hit. Yeah, and Bel Belichick hasn't historically hit on draft picks. Right. He's got a couple big booms, but for the most, I mean, you could look at set, you know, most of their draft classes between 2000 and 2020, where yeah. like those none, no, not one player lasted more than three, three, four years in the league. That's well, on a rookie like contract. These, and these high expectations come to play. I mean, Kyle <laughs> Duggar is supposed to be like a, a poor man's Jamal Adams, but he's not. Like, He's like a serviceable slot guy who can maybe play in the box a couple snaps. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think they're they're asking too much of these guys who go to D3 colleges and get drafted too high. So, yep, Patriots, Bucks, I feel like that's kind of the rundown. No one really impressed us. There's a reason Steven doesn't want to talk about it too much. Yeah. 
it's just it wasn't that good a game. Everyone had these high expectations, like it was going to be some huge emotionally charged event. You know, someone was going to blow the doors off. It was either going to be a huge upset or the Buccaneers were going to come in and stomp the pats like expected. And honestly, we didn't get either of those things. We didn't get anything good out of it. All we know now is that the Bucs might are probably worse than we thought, and the Patriots are probably as good as mediocre, which is better than we thought. I mean, it's that's there's no we have we didn't learn anything new. We're just one more game further through the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Matthew Judon, I thought was the only player out of everybody they signed who is who is at least like doing something to yeah, separating themselves yeah. from everyone else. I yeah. agree. But I think they're the, the Patriots are kind of on this track, like to where they're building for Mac Jones, and like it's it's obvious that like they're not win, like they're not going to win this year, but you know, they're they're still like giving themselves a competitive they're in this like weird, like almost sort of like free expectation zone where it doesn't matter because like I mean, like we've seen it, like people they're just trying like, to develop their yeah, their like like they're not entirely upset, like fans aren't entirely upset that that they just lost this game, but you know where where does the line kind of draw with them right well i mean i think both teams are in a bit of a limbo right now so yeah can i go now please take us off this topic please yeah so that was way too much time spent on a lackluster one in three team youtube has (laughs) really interesting analytics where it's like how long people watch it'll be like me saying something witty about the Patriots being bad. And then it's like, oh, they're still talking about him. Oh, it's, oh, oh, so sorry. But if you're still here, there are other teams. There's actually other one in three teams that like people like hearing about. Um, mm. Robert Kraft didn't pay me to, you know, provide all this. Cause I, like I said, didn't want to talk about it. Uh, Tom Brady, whatever, Mac Jones, check down Jesus. Uh, talk about the panthers and the cowboys Dak, i loved that game Let me that was a you. fun one i Next. loved it i i grew up in eastern pa i'm a ravens fan but i come from a family of cowboys fans so i watch the cowboys often honestly speaking i'm loving what i'm seeing from Dak prescott this year coming back from his horrible horrible injury he's confident he's, he's confident in the pocket Elliot is starting to run the ball very, very well. I feel like he took the like uh, the rapport that was going on about him and Pollard and Pollard taking his snaps, and he took it really personal. And he's just exploding on the scene. Wide receiving wise, I love CD Lamb. I love Amari Cooper, and I those are two number ones in any offense. Defensively, I think Trayvon Diggs is playing as good of the, as good of a cornerback as you could be playing at the moment. Do I think he's the number one in the league? No. No, he's number two yes. behind Lattimore. <laughs> I'm just saying – I wouldn't even go that far. I'm just saying at the moment he's on fire. Yeah. And if you look at the Panthers, Sam Darnold had a very decent game. It wasn't great. He threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions. You are really, really seeing, as we talked about on Wednesday, that loss of McCaffrey is crippling them. And their defense played all right. I mean, it's it's so hard to stop this Cowboys offense. I mean, let's just let's yeah. call a spade a spade. I think that, honestly, like Lincoln oh, – what's his name? I can't think of it. The offensive coordinator. 
for um, Joe Brady Cowboys. or Kellen Moore? Kellen, Kellen Moore. Moore. That's yeah. it. I was gonna say Lincoln Riley from uh, from OU. I he he's a stud. I think that honestly speaking, yeah. after this after this year, he's gonna be highly sought <laughs> after as a head coaching position somewhere. Um, and I think that he'll get it. And well, I mean, uh, yeah, I love it. This is the reason everyone's here. Everyone's here to talk about, you know, the fun and exciting stuff. And that's the Cowboys offense right now. Oh, yeah. And um, here's the thing with Kellen Moore's offense. I like his offense, but it relies on a healthy rushing attack. Um, it just so happens that they have two RB1s. I, like, am confident saying that. He – so Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard split 30 snaps apiece today. They averaged 6.95 yards. Zeke had 7.2 yards. Pollard had 6.7 yards per rush. They combined wow. for 210 rushing yards between the two of them on 30 touches. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were an afterthought. Think of that. Yeah. You know, you have a team that, that has two wide receiver ones, some of the best in the league, and they're an afterthought because a, a team like Carolina, who supposedly had one of the best defenses in the league, has to stop Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. This is reminding me of 2017. We were talking about this last pod when Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were, were like hot against the Bills. We ran the ball like 50 times. Yeah. Every play was going to be a run and the Bills knew it and you just can't stop it because there's the bruising nature of Zeke. You hit everyone, you make them tired, and they don't want to hit you anymore, and they're slow. And then you hit them with Pollard on the outside. Doesn't matter. I mean, he'll run in between the tackles, but he's elusive and he's fast, and you don't want to have to chase him. And then you go back to Zeke, and he's just beating people up at the line of scrimmage, gaining yards, picking up the hard ones. Like, this is a really hard Cowboys offense to stop because if you can't stop the running game, they're gonna, they're just gonna pound it down your throats. The, the passing game's an afterthought, an afterthought with, like I said, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and a confident, healthy Dak Prescott. In the best tight end room. Right, Blake Jarwin, <laughs> Dalton Schultz. I, uh, yeah, and I, I think that uh, you know, since we're speaking about you know tight ends and running backs, you mentioned before that Carolina really were really missing Christian McCaffrey. I think almost equally in this game, they might have been missing Dan Arnold. I mean, uh, he was really, really connecting well with um, his with role. They missed, they missed the role that he filled. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. They don't have anyone else in the roster who does it the same way. Um, and then, you know, letting him go along with a third rounder to pick up CJ Henderson when Henderson actively looked like a liability against the Cowboys. It's, it looks like they actively, like they willingly let go of an important piece and future draft capital to get worse in the secondary. I mean, obviously, that's an overreaction. It's been one game with yeah. like zero practices since the trade happened. I'm too um, big of a CJ Henderson fan to let his first week in a new scheme affect my oh, opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I do admit free, that right, that's though. a massive overreaction. But I mean, was it the right move to win now when no, they don't have anyone to step sure up and fit in the role? I'm not sure they were in the. They're a team that can win now. They're still a very young team with very young coaches and an unproven quarterback who just came off a bad career with the Jets. So I'm not they, sure they, they were. Win. They win three I'm not games. sure they're winning now. They won three games against three bad teams, and they get in their head about it. Yeah. 
Seriously. I mean, and, and I think CJ Henderson, when he's in a CB2 role across from JC Horn, like if they both develop rookie CJ Henderson, I was like flat impressed with his tape is good in the NFL and in college. Like this is a lockdown man coverage guy, but he's, he's got to get four weeks under his belt at least in this scheme and JC Horn's out. So he's facing the top guys. He was definitely a liability. Like you are right. Yeston. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he, I said before that, you know, Henderson, it could be a great pickup, but they need, you know, he's not designed to be the CB1 on this roster right now. They, when J, he, he's, he's there as like a band-aid solution until JC Horn gets back. And when Horn gets back, that's when we could see this trade really pay That's off. when it's worth. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. when it's worth Arnold in third. I mean, mm-hmm. all these teams right now that are in, are, are in this limbo, are we that, that team? Are we that good? Or, or do we need some time? Like they're taking risks. The Patriots did it like we were just talking about with their free agents banking on draft picks and stuff. The Panthers are banking on developmental guys throughout the season and hitting their stride when it matters most. Yeah, maybe you they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Week six. You can't expect them to take a leap at week eight. You know, right. if you, yeah, you, you could expect, you can expect growth in an off season. It's hard to expect it mid season. Well, and if you, if you look at the practice, if, if, if you look at what people were saying about, cj henderson in practice this week they're like god he's i mean he's an athletic freak he's got the physical tools and he knows technique but he's just not fitting in into the to his role as cb1 and he he doesn't belong in this scheme yet he i mean if you compare the schemes the defensive schemes of the panthers and the jaguars it is night and day so i mean maybe he just needs more time then and he does mi- but and for- and reduce responsibility with the return of all but and but they can't there's no one they can rely on dante yeah. jackson we've seen dante jackson in a cb1 role and he does much better when you match him up on on the wide receiver two, the speedster if you give him one responsibility you say this your this is this is your guy at the beginning of the week you say this is this dude's fast okay you're going to cover him all ga- game long watch every snap he's ever played Dante Jackson will do great in that role. But if you try to shuffle things around and, and put CJ Henderson in a different role and you're putting Jackson in a different role and you're putting more stress on a, on, on a no name free safety and Jeremy chin's caught in the middle of it and you're screwing up that whole secondary. I mean, then they're relying on their front seven and you can't win games that way. No coverage is just as important as pass rush. Absolutely. I mean, they go hand in hand. Yeah. You need both to really succeed. So it was a great game. It was telling. Um, and I think it answered a lot of questions because this wasn't just a win by the Cowboys. They dominated. I mean, this was a, a, yeah. a victory. Final score is misleading. Good I mean, they, they put them. up 24 straight points to start the second half before right. allowing two essentially garbage time touchdowns. To, well, uh, and yeah. I mean, no, no, no. this is not an easy front to run on. They kept Alvin Kamara to a low yardage and – um, you know, the, the, the posse of old people that the Texans are running out there with David Johnson, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay. This is a good run defense, but Pollard and, and Zeke are everything Cowboys, the Cowboys were hoping for. So good game. It was telling. Uh, what else we got? Week four had some exciting matchups. Hartley, well, I mean, we could feeling. Hmm? Feeling about my team? But I was just, you know, I wanted to get a pulse before we talk about the Eagles. I mean, <laughs> no, like, how you been? It, it's been a minute. Patrick Mahomes coming off back-to-back losses. I mean, that's everything I expected. The dudes 
out of this world. And I didn't really expect us to cover, to be able to cover Tyree Kill at all. Did I expect it to be that big? No, I don't think anybody would, but I mean, it is what it is. I, I just want Kenneth Gainwell to get more snaps. That's about it. It was impressive. He, what do you have? Three rushes for 31 yards or something? Like he, he had a high average and like a long of 13. So it wasn't just one big chunk play. He was pretty good. Devontae Smith, seven receptions for 122 yards. That's that's encouraging to see because uh, he, he, he can be the guy and Jalen Rager can slide into this niche role um, that Sirianni wants him in. So um, I just hate watching Jalen Hurts go out there like playing I, football. I but, like, I too, mean, that they're getting Zach Ertz involved with Dallas Guider because if you can get I those agree. two on a roll, then – it's going to be hard for defenses to match up on you. Yeah, they bring like one or the other, and now it's kind of like you're seeing a little bit of both. Yeah, they bring that Grunk Hernandez duo sort of no, – no, not in a sense, not in exactly the same way, but they bring that same sort of which one you – yeah, it's rare that a team has anyone who can actually match up well with a quality tight end, any one player who can do it, let alone when you have two guys who can play similar roles on the field at the same time. It makes things difficult. He's fitting, considering at the end of last season, he thought that would be it for himself. And then, you know, he wants out, but then there seemed like the front office was asking for too much. And, you know, it's just for, like, you know, feel-good sake, you know, it's good to see him still playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin, you meant off of football ability, right? You're not speculating one of these men may murder? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I would not, I, to be fair, I didn't think Hernandez was going to murder, and then suddenly there was a lot of things we all didn't know about Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, but so, I don't want to. I don't want to toot my own horn just yet. We're going to get to that a little later. You know, hopefully, if we retain. What did you anybody. know about Aaron Hernandez? No, not not like that. But Jalen Hurts <laughs> played pretty well, and I said I wanted Jalen Hurts to play really well last week, but then mm-hmm. I don't know. Peyton and Eli kind of just poo pooed all over him. <laughs> I mean, people said he's not a starting quarterback coming into the season. Is this is this a bad Chiefs defense? Oh, it, oh it's, it's terrible. terrible. Definitely without, without a pass rush. If you if you can hold that pass rush off for three seconds per snap, then you can absolutely abuse this Chiefs defense. And I kind of it feels good as someone who who is a big fan of an AFC contender um, to know that yeah, the Chiefs are vulnerable and it's a big vulnerability sure they can cover for it and you know how to beat them too exactly you know we know how we know how to beat them we can see you know we've seen it on tape and unless they change something to fix that they're going to be extremely vulnerable come the playoff time because so every playoff contender nowadays is a huge passing game except for tennessee and baltimore they're the only two teams that can that can make the playoffs right now that don't have that sort of the the, the, i disagree sir that secondary i disagree sir I'm open to you disagreeing. Okay. Yards. We found okay. our wide receiver number one in Hollywood Brown. He finally got out of his slump. But, I'm okay. it all. It's so, week four. He does great I'm until week five all. every week. <laughs> Wait, every I want to talk about Nick Sirianni and his highlighter collection. We're not on the Ravens yet. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why everybody hated on this look. It works. I feel much more efficient with the way I'm going to scheme the way this podcast goes in the final half. So, I, you know, I think this that, yes, you brought up a really good point that this Chiefs team has a clear weakness on their defense and it's their pass rush. I had to find this out in an unconventional manner. 
Um, last week I was doing some Saints film study and Tano Passignon, do you guys remember him? Six, yeah. seven athletic freak. I mean, this dude moved like a safety in high school and he went to Villanova. He was raw as all get out. And he started for the Chiefs for like two, three years, but all he was was like a run, a run stuffer. He had like maybe two sacks a year. I think he has two sacks now, and he's like one of our best pass rushers. And I was like, oh, well, did this dude just take a leap or what was wrong with the Chiefs? And like the Chiefs defense is set up so that they're banking on talent. And they had Frank Clark and Chris Jones for long enough that that talent was just enough to get by in the pass rush. I don't know what happened. I don't know if – if Frank Clark's been out, I don't know. Well, I know he's been out. I don't know if like Chris Jones lost a step or something, but like he's getting double teamed. They can't get to the freaking quarterback. Frank, Frank Clark. Oh, he's also playing defensive end now. They are also he's also yeah, playing that defensive was, end. That's a dumb move. I, I just don't understand that. Uh, it, unless you are playing in a three-four, which would be awful to go back to, unless they can reacquire D Ford. Like it's bad. They, they can't hit the quarterback, and you can't win football games unless you hit the quarterback. I mean, my thing is, without Frank Clark, who are you rushing passer with? Like, Chris Chris Jones is Mike being doubled, triple teamed. You got Jaron Reed, who hasn't He's been Jaren good in ever, yeah. And then you got Alex Okafor backing him up. So, How old you got he nobody. 50? 45? <laughs> Pretty much. Probably Alex Okafor is older than Rocks. Like he's, he's older than Brady. But also, we know the Chiefs. They'll they'll trade a second and a good player for some stud in the in the before the deadline and the last like one year and then know how this works. There is someone that I, I've been waiting to rave about. Has anyone been keeping up with Javon Hargrave? Yes. Oh, my yeah, he, he's stud. Sweet baby Jesus. He was a, a nose tackle. He was nothing but a man eater, and and he just waited in in his in his lanes and his gaps to stuff the run. That was all he was. He has five sacks. I think he's had a sack every game, maybe. And he is just ragdolling people. And at this point, it is clear that they are trying to double team him. Like they know he is a man eater on the inside, and he is not. He's like. He does everything. I can't say he is just a one technique or zero technique. Like he's playing every position right now. They still have Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham's done, but they have Derek Barnett. They paid a ton of money um, to sweat, uh, Josh Sweat. And I mean, this is a fun line to watch. And Javon Hargrave, like this dude has Vita Vea potential, like, like defense changing power in the middle of a D line. So, I don't feel about sweat. I think he's not bad. Uh, his college tape showed that he could be special, but he hasn't been so far. So I think this is another team taking a big risk where they're, they paid a ton of money hoping that he'd become what they spent a second-round pick on. I mean, just by I'm watching sure the Eagles. worth that contract yet. I mean, just by – yeah. Just going off of what I've seen because – I have, as I've watched a lot of birds, um, he's consistently putting pressure on the quarterback, but he's not finishing. It's reminding me a lot of Yannick and Gakwe. Oh my god, yeah, where he's consistently like in their face, backing <clears throat> their tackle up, but he can't, he can't get, he can't get the sack. 
and he can't execute can't it. So every time, exactly. So every time he's right there, they throw the ball out or he escapes them. Yannick Ngakwe in his, his big 2017 season had Calais Campbell opposite. And it all works out because if you have one stud on one side that is getting to the quarterback and is creating massive pressure, if you can be a player like Ngakwe where you create pressure, but you have a stud yeah. across the line from you, then those pressures become sacks. He, he can't be the guy. I mean, now that he's actually – now that he's in, L, in uh, Las Vegas and he has Max Crosby, who is just embarrassing people week in and week out, like, he, he has that again, and, and his tape reflects it. He's getting quarterback hits, and, yeah. and running back – or uh, quarterbacks are still flushing to Max Crosby's side, but they'll learn that they need to stay away from Crosby, and then Ngakwe gets his box score numbers up. So – uh, but yeah, no, I mean, you're right. That's what Montez Sweat is. And he doesn't have his Calais Campbell or Max Crosby right now. Brandon Josh Graham Sweat. isn't that when he's, uh, yeah, Josh Sweat. But he isn't that when he's healthy either. Brandon Graham is not that uh, pass rushing nightmare because he's always had Fletcher Cox. <clears throat> so uh, I think it's a confused Eagles defensive line, but they're fun to watch right now with what they've got going on in the interior. What do you think, Ethan? I mean, for a fourth round pick, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with how he's developed and he's somewhat become a steal. I mean, I think he still has a long way to go. Like kind of already mentioned, he doesn't really finish, but he's always there, like, you know, right in, you know, Mahomes' face in this case. But I mean, it, it's it's nice that Hargrave's paying off well. I think, you know, him with Cox is kind of like a, a nice duo of what we kind of hoped for with Malik Jackson. And then he just kind of sucked. He looked really sucked, honestly. But I mean, yeah, I'm overall, I mean, obviously I, I didn't expect the win, but I'm still in the no expectation zone, which I mean, there's nothing really to expect with this Eagles team just yet, just as long as players are developing and, you know, it's pointing in the right direction. Yeah. Let's take a quick East Coast detour, run through a couple that nobody really wants to hear about. Bears beat the Lions. Sorry, Dan Campbell, you're getting there, pal. Uh, Colts got win one. Scary Terry lived up to the nickname Taylor Heineke's that guy. Sorry, Bills fans. I really don't want to talk about Davis Mills and 40 to nothing. We'll talk probably at, you know, great lengths about Chiefs Bills, rightfully so. But that one, we don't need to. Uh, as long as you know that Josh Allen's back and he's here to dominate and this defense is looking like it's 2019 form, I know it was Davis Mills. I know it was Davis Mills. But uh, I'm just really happy. We look good. Yeah. I'm really glad, though, really that, we, that we've secured Tyra Taylor's starting job. You know, that's like, one for you, man. Feels nice. I'm Chris, sure it does. Chris, I know you're new. I always like to be nice to everybody, and especially the new guys, but Ravens should have but. beaten the Broncos, and they did convincingly. We'll talk about the Broncos and, you know, how they're not the team we think they are on Tuesday. We'll talk about the Broncos because they got a primetime game convincing win for them Packers did what they were supposed to against the Steelers who can't seem to do anything right uh Seahawks beat the 49ers kind of an upset Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out probably finally Trey Lance plays three weeks is what I'm hearing so far yeah I'm getting the same I don't expect it I expect it to be around that time Uh, there's no reason to see to assume otherwise but I don't know if Trey Lance can keep them afloat in that time he didn't look great out there I just don't think he's ready he needs time 
three to five weeks is enough time to say you still need to develop or this is your offense. So yeah. this is pivotal for the Niners and their season and their future. So yeah, it's we'll the, 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 we could, we could, you know, Jimmy G might've already taken his last, last, last snaps of QB for them. If this is the case. So, right. Do we think he can uh, keep the starting job away from Jimmy G this season? Once he returns healthy. He I mean, can, he, he has the, he has the physical tools and the wow factor to do it. Yeah. Uh, but will he? I don't even think Kyle Shanahan can answer that. Yeah. I think that either the, he had, you know, um, Andrew's right. We've got all the traits. Um, he's got all the traits that he needs to make it work. It's just about convincing the front office and convincing the, co- the coaching staff that he is their plan for the future. He has the time to do it now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, he knows, you know, he, he gets to look at his mistakes and understand that next week he can, he can try and fix them. He's not going to be on the bench. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, that it's those kinds of, you know, the growth through your mistakes and the ability to come back and, you know, take a take on your next one right after that is what convinces coaching staff above, above all else in a lot of scenarios. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy G's already gone. Um, but I would, also wouldn't be surprised if they decide that Lance isn't ready yet and they want to keep Jimmy G around for another season and you know maybe move him this offseason instead. I mean, this was his real or his first real game he's played in this year. That's not maybe two or three snaps here and there doing design runs yeah. and handoffs. So yeah. no one but, no one does well when you're thrown into a, a situation like that where the game plan is not made for you. Yeah. So we don't know anything yet. Yeah, yeah that's exactly who it is. Yeah, I completely agree. It's just for it, it's you need you need to. It's just like when um, what Nagy did for Justin Fields last week. You know, it wasn't uh Justin Fields. <laughs> Nagy running didn't anything for Justin. That's Fields why. That's my whole point. He didn't even run plays him. that are designed for his skill set. He's like, oh, good, Andy Dalton, and he goes, no, I'm Justin Fields, sir, and he's like, sure thing, Andy, get out there, and it's. <laughs> It's so frustrating to watch Nagy coach. It hurts my soul. It has been since they had that 12 and four season. Like if you actually look at like the things that can be influenced by coaching in that season, you are like, Jesus, he was never good. Yeah. They just, they had Vic Fangio running their all-time defense. That is one of the best defenses we've seen in recent memory. Oh, yeah. And they also had a massively unsustainable turnover rate. Like, you genuinely cannot reproduce turnovers like that for a season. Prince Mucamera looked like Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. I mean, he he was... That defense was unbelievable. I mean, uh, what was it? Eddie Jackson? Yeah, Eddie Jackson. Khalil Mack. Had a huge season. Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd was there. Akeem Hicks was, was having a crazy season. Eddie Goldman had his best season at nose tackle. That was Roquan Smith's rookie year. Danny Trevathan was there. Uh, yeah. I think guys could, strong uh, safety, guys so. could take snaps the with their eyes closed and expect the ball to be in their hands. Bryce Callahan. The was crazy. That was when Bryce Callahan was like CB3, Prince of Mucamara, um, Kyle Fuller, and uh, Bryce Callahan. They all had their like career years. So Yeah, that made me buy in on Prince of Mucamara, and I've been looking like an idiot ever since. God, yeah, you have. He didn't make it through the offseason with the Saints. No. So. Amazing. He probably was, what, there two weeks? Uh, I, I think he was there. He played like seven snaps in a preseason game and he was cut the next morning. It was about as short lived as Devontae Freeman's time there, too. So, uh huh. Yeah. 
So look at the Ravens feast on all their leftovers. Yep. You say feast. It's like a snack yeah. right now. I'm not. I'm not still not convinced on the Ravens this year. They, they are grazing on their leftovers. Yeah. So you know they're out there in the fields just. Listen, yep. the way I'm the way I'm looking up. at this season is this. It's a throwaway here. Are we talking about I, the Ravens I'm, now? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying this. The only way I'm looking at this season is we beat the Chiefs. That's it. We can put away everything. If you we go won far, your Super we go, Bowl. Wow. Yeah, we, we won our Super Bowl. We go far, uh, we go far. We did wow. it at Arrow. When we did it at MNT. I don't care. Oh, cool. So are you telling me three and three and fourteen is acceptable then? Uh <laughs> High draft pick, baby. I mean, Ooh, granted the yeah. fact they that we finally have... get an actual number one wide receiver. Kyle Hamilton, perhaps. Bro, we <laughs> haven't even seen Rashad Bateman play. <laughs> I'm not. Don't I'm get not all defensive, the Chris. <laughs> Starting to sound like that that dude on TikTok, we hooping, whatever his name is. <laughs> that guy makes you all look bad. I uh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. Okay, good. See. I like, I do like the Ravens, but I just, I think there's too many problems for them to, tr- to truly be we like, have playoff like competitors right now. 15 people in IR. That's one problem. Yeah, and you, have, to throw and you didn't fill any of those holes. I mean, there's, you know, you, they acknowledge, you know, all offseason, you know, this is a championship contending team. You know, they were in the divisional round last year. They've made, you know, they've, they've had, they've got this massive powerhouse offense in the right, you know, when it, when it works. But, they have, you know, they have this defense which can, which can really contend with some of the best in the league on a, on a good day. But they, they lack a lot. They lack that consistency. And uh, when problems arose, they elected not to fix them, both in the offseason, in the draft, and and, fixed um, it with and, and now during the injuries. Yeah, it's you know you, fixed it with Le'Veon Bell and Tavius Murray. Yeah, if you truly believe you're a what other then options you tra- do they have at that point? Trade away draft capital for established veterans who can actually provide. The, the the world you need. I mean, sure, yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, um, you gotta get somebody. I mean, I will concede that there's nothing they could really have done about this offensive line going down the way it did. But at the same time, I mean, right. the offensive line was actually one of the highlights of today, um, even with the injuries. So I think that all they need to do is figure out how to uh, figure I, out how I to actually he- fix these holes. Otherwise, they're giving up on the air. You can't really do much. The, the Colts won't trade away hum, I mean, Marlon Mack to you because we literally play them this coming Monday night. They're not going to do that to an interconference person. Um, that's been proven time and time again, just like how the Texans and the Ravens were very, very close to a deal for D-Hop, but they traded him to the cards because they didn't want to face him come playoff time. Um, Marlon is Marlon Mack really a guy that you're nothing compared to DeAndre Hopkins? I'm just saying it's that same principle of teams don't want to trade them to people where they're going to see them again. Mm. I'm I mean, not I sure Marlon Mack's yeah. one that you're afraid of playing. Yeah, a, exactly. He's a third string running back. Like, I'll understand if, 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 if he's a third string running back. Was isn't Latavius Murray a third string on a good day? Isn't Tyson Edwards a good a third string on a good day? No, Tyson is like a two on a good day. Yeah, exactly. I, then why I, is he a healthy scratch? I don't know. It hurt my head. Yeah, see that, but that's sort of what I mean is that they're not patching their issues at all. They're not looking for solutions. Although you know you, you don't hear about yeah. you know, they're, not, they're not bringing in 
every free agent off the market to take a look. Yeah, they're trying to just trying to survive it. Where they're but acting like these guys are coming can't off do that and win IR by mid season. Yeah. You can't do that and sustain. Uh, like, if you want to go to the playoffs, you can't do that. They should we'll have been on CJ Henderson. Yeah. That's the kind of move they yeah. should They got to be in on people if you want them to win this year, and they just aren't. Yeah. You know, you, the, they're it, fighting I mean, these you, old vets. Yeah. Their coaches are doing just fine with what they have, but the front office needs to step up and be willing to make the sacrifices to, you know, like, like you know, trade away at 2022 20, third. I, um, I think come deadline, they will get someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure who. That'll obviously be a lot more rumors closer to the deadline when people aren't close to expectations or fulfilling well or doing contract years and no one's making a steady movement with agents. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens have about 10 picks this coming year. So I do think they will trade some away. And I mean, they've done it in the past where they traded a fifth round and Miles um, Jack, no, not Miles Jack, what was it? It was a linebacker. Anyways, a fifth round and a linebacker to the Rams. They got Marcus Peters. Kenny Young. Kenny Young. That was it. Um, and look at Kenny that, Young's doing now. He's all right. He's, he's a pretty good linebacker. Good. Yeah. Uh, I, I always knew the guy was going to be – I knew he was going to be good since his, like, first preseason game, and he popped off Gardner Minshew. Literally took yeah, his head off. But I also remember Kenny Young had had – troubles in Baltimore that we thought were going to develop out of him uh, but he was never given time to develop he was thrown into a starting role since with the Rams and hasn't looked back so yeah. um, I mean those are the kind of trades they need to make though because Marcus Peters was an immediate impact and he he turned the tide with um, the turnover battles and uh, I doubt the Rams turned that fifth rounder into anything special and uh Kenny Young is a serviceable, maybe less than that starter at inside linebacker. So we know they're yeah, making I, those I, moves. They did it with Ngakwe too, and then they found out he didn't work, and they shipped him did off. Did it with so Campbell? They're, I mean, they are yeah, ready. Camp, to, Campbell's there. To make moves. He's, he's not doing much. They're ready. Uh, they're ready to make moves. They've done it before. They need to pull the trigger sooner rather than later, or their record is going to stymie. I don't think so, man. It's, a lot of their prospects are stepping up, and that's just me. I mean, anyways, this is enough time talking about them. This is a topic for another day. Andrew, do you wear a fitness band or anything like that? Uh, I carry my phone around with me. It tracks everything. Is your heart rate doing okay right now? Uh, Why? <laughs> do you feel calm? Yeah, I feel pretty calm. Okay. You're going to go last then. Oh, good Jesus. The Saints lost to the Giants, and I don't know what is going on in New Orleans. Like, what? One week they beat the Packers in Jacksonville, and then they lose to the Giants? It was a fluke. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to yell, but, like, I just really wanted my point to get through to you in case you forgot somehow. Okay, yeah. Hang on. Before How do you we, before we get Jones too far off topic. 400 yards. Before we get too far off that off that last topic, that fifth round pick that they traded for Marcus Peters got bounced around a bunch and eventually became Darnell Mooney for the Bears. Ooh. So that that, that so then they they, they messed up and they they <laughs> yeah, did the wrong pick. Yeah. So you essentially traded Marcus Peters for Darnell Mooney. 
for mm. Kenny Young because they didn't get Darnell and Mooney. Yeah, yeah, for Kenny Young, and then what did they even get for that trade? I they they didn't get any. They got like oh, I think they used that that pick to trade up, which is funny because they have no first rounders. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, Giant Saints. Yeah, Giant yeah. Saints. Ethan, you said you go. Saints led. Daniel Jones throw for 400 yards somehow. I'm not sure how you let someone like him throw 400 yards, but Saints managed it. It takes a lot of dimes to make 400. And you let John Ross get a touchdown somehow. Yeah, how Although, did that was he the... score that 80 yard TD? I mean, I it think it was that, uh... 54. Same thing. It still counts as six points. It still sucks for defense. Happened. Yes. He's John Ross. Yeah, John Ross is a scrub. It's the bottom line. I mean, sure, he broke the 40-yard dash time, but... Yeah, but so could you. You're pretty quick. 52-yard bomb. Um, yeah, so what? Um, yeah, it just it seems like the Saints, it, it really just falls down to, like, how they wake up in the morning, I guess, because it, it seems like it's literally just, just back and forth at this point. I mean, you have shit games against, you know, today wasn't awful compared to Carolina, but like it's the Giants who obviously want to win. It's Daniel Jones. He's just a quarterback you laugh at at this point. And somehow he did it. And Jabril Pepper's got a legendary meme. But um yeah, it uh who knows? Who who knows how they'll end up at the end of the season because they're they're not consistent and you just don't know. Someone else go. Tova, Tova's still a little too hot right I'm now. waiting. Yeah, he's looking at right in the face. Um, yeah, that was something. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what happened myself, but uh, it's. It's just I. I don't. I don't know what to take with these Saints. I mean, you know, one week they'll blow out Green Bay, then they'll fall apart against some of the worst talent in the league, and then they'll play really well again, and then this, um, and I just think that. Okay, this is going to be the least analytical thing I've said all night, which is quite a stretch. Um, but who knows? Perhaps, you know, the curse of shameless Jameis Winston has passed on to the team as a whole. We don't know what we're going to get each week. Is it is it a four interception kind of day? Or is it, you know, a five TD kind of day? Uh, I just, I don't understand how they are so inconsistent. You can't just be this good and then this bad. It's not. I know it's a matchup-based league, but it just doesn't work quite like that. The extremes aren't that far. Who allowed Kenny Galladay 116 yards on six receptions when he's the only starting receiver that they had healthy? You only had to zone in on him. Like this could have, this should have been probably a 50-yard day for him. Mm. So, you know how they say, like, you know, blank team, all they have to do is not beat themselves? And then they beat themselves, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like the Saints in 2021 treat themselves like the Saints. Not They're not, like, worried about, like, beating themselves. They're like, uh-oh, like, we're a trap game to ourselves. We're going to lose to teams that we shouldn't, and then we're going to beat teams that, like, you know, we can kind of contend with but not really beat. And then Taysom Hill's like getting rushing touchdowns, poaching Camaro's fantasy points, and then throwing interceptions. 
Can I go yet? Hey, my guess. Did, did <laughs> hearing this help at all? Or are you still going to be... Well... No, because here is my level-headed take on it. The first thing I want to say, the first thing, is <clears throat> I hate how everyone who doesn't watch games puts it on Jameis. Um, I don't think he's the second coming of God. I don't think he's our franchise quarterback until he proves it. I don't think he is the reason for our problems. I just think that's the easy way out here. We have a couple problems. The first and foremost on offense today was Sean Payton. His clock management was awful. His decisions on when to go for it on fourth and short and when to kick it were awful. Um, and his play calling was bad. In the first half and into the third quarter, we saw him open up the offense for Jameis Winston, and he was dealing. Um, he was playing well. That is what got us the lead, was letting Jameis go. Um, Alvin Kamara had 120 rushing yards today. He wasn't used at all in the passing game. This was all on Juwan Johnson, Adam Troutman, Deontay Harris, Marcos Calloway, um, and that's literally pretty much it. So that brings me to my second problem. We have no wide receiver. There's no one to look for. Um, Deontay Harris is a good speedster. Marquez Callaway, he can develop and he gets better every week, but he's just not that guy yet. We miss Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith bad. Um, and there's just no one to look to look to in those clutch situations. And usually who you look to is Alvin and he didn't even get a target today. Um, but we ran the football really well. We have a backup at left tackle and a backup at, at well, no, we have a backup at left tackle. We have our starter at left guard. We have our right guard at center. We have a backup at right guard, and we have our starting right tackle. So three of the five positions on our O-line is different. We didn't allow a QB, a QB hit or a sack today. Um, we allowed maybe two tackles for loss, I think, but they blocked really well for Kamara. Uh, Jameis had time in the pocket. So my problem boils down to Sean Payton's playing play calling on the offense. If we kept pounding the rock efficiently, being – cognizant of, of the play clock and then um, just letting Jameis rip it when he needs to, then we would have done better. Defense is my real issue here. Cam Jordan's lost a step. Um, our best pass rusher right now is Peyton Turner, and he is actually not bad. Like, I know I'm the biggest Peyton Turner stand in the world, but, like, he's had he had two QB hits today. He had five pressures. Um, he, I think, maybe had a tackle for loss. Cam Jordan had a tackle for loss. Um, but we're really, really missing Marcus Davenport right now. He's one of our best pass rushers. Peyton Turner and um, Marcus Davenport are our best pass rushers. We are sorely missing David Onyemata, who's serving a six-week suspension. He's our defensive tackle, our three technique. He is also a monster in the middle, but we're missing him. We had no pass rush today, and it hurt us. Um, then you get into the linebackers. We have Demario Davis. Pete Werner played great. Um, that is one of the few bright spots from today. If any, maybe my biggest one is that I was actually really happy with Pete Werner today. He's our second round pick out of Ohio State. And everyone was like, oh, the little technical white boy from Ohio State. Well, he's playing really well. Um, so uh, he seems to be the cover man that Demario Davis needed across from him. We have a great safety duo in Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams. So my biggest issue here is not Marshawn Lattimore, because obviously he's a good cornerback. Um, Paulson Adebo is starting and playing 100% of the snaps right now. We traded a third-round pick for Bradley Roby, and we think that he's the answer. Where has he been? 
all day long, they were just dusting Paulson Adebo. And they were rookie giving him his welcome to the NFL. And he has been maybe above average for a rookie, but he just gets caught in mental lapses time and time again. That Saquon Barkley 52-yard touchdown was, an, was a Paulson Adebo mental lapse. John Ross caught the touchdown on Paulson Adebo. Kadarius Toney looked like what we all hoped he would be because he was in coverage against Paulson Adebo. He was bad. And Bradley Roby's playing too much from the slot. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is not the problem. He talks his, he, he talks his shit and, and he makes tackles and he's aggressive. Our problem today was not defensive play calling. We have no pass rush. We have no CB2. Our play calling on offense was bad and we have no wide receiver to look to. I can't make excuses. My hope is that when the Cavalry returns after our week six bye, that being Michael Thomas, Quan Alexander, Marcus Davenport, Eric McCoy, we're going to get David Onyemata back. Uh, Traquan Smith is coming back. We're going to be at full strength and hit our stride late in the season. But I can't make excuses for what happened today. Um, we deserved the loss. We deserved the loss after how poorly we played today. That's something that I've been very uh, sort of. That, that, that I'm quite curious to see is when that week six bye comes by because it's. I mean, you, even before the season, they were expecting uh, Michael Thomas to come back after the week six, and I feel like he there is real potential there with a guy like Jameis throwing it. Um, but I'm so curious to see how this defense rebounds when they get healthy. If uh, you know, if they're able to get fully healthy by sort of that important mid-season um, sort of run, if they are able to get healthy and inform, can they sort of make this team into a competitor in the NFC again? Because um, they they really are so close. They just can't seem to get it all together with everybody out like that. But... I think that the inconsistencies will be solved mm-hmm. when we get um, a good our, our best players back. I mean, we are missing some of our best players in key spots. Um, but I can't say that we're going to be a playoff team when they come back. We don't know. I think they'll fix inconsistencies and we'll be what we are. If we are a yo-yo up down team, then that's what we are when they come back. If we're a team that wins two, loses one, two steps forward, one step back, then that's what we are. If we are a Super Bowl team, then we're a Super Bowl team. If we are a top 10 draft pick, we're a top 10 draft pick. We will only know when week seven comes. Um, but for now, um, this is all on the shoulders of Sean Payton being a mastermind, working with what he's got. And this was a bad showing from him. And that's that. Uh, it took Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton to be out for Jason Garrett, that idiot, to figure out what he has in Kadarius Tony, and how to use the speed of John Ross to open up an offense. When Jabril Peppers got his meme moment of the century – after they won the coin toss, that's when I knew that it was over because we can't stop that. Um, not right now, not with the players we're missing. So I don't know. I think the Saints are a mystery, to be honest. Speaking of just I'm going to know yet. Are those books behind you old scouting reports still, though? Um, books as in, let's see. Oh, uh, no, those are baskets. They're baskets, yes. Yeah, they look like those like fancy – Books, no, all of my scouting reports is in, uh, I call it one big ass file. And uh, it's like a terabyte of football knowledge. I thought you were going to say it's on the sportswave.net, but you know, whatever. I mean, no, no, no. Uh, I got to, I got to release things slowly. Um, yeah. Slowly five articles a day you're posting. So, right. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. I mean, I've had the Zach Wilson headband on for about an hour now, and I've, you know, bit my lip on the Jets. Yeah, you, know? you stuffed it for the pens. I'm going to say I think he looked good today because he did. His, pro- his protection was better than weeks before. And we said this last week. We, he, gets, he got hit on 50% of his throws. 50%. You snap the ball, and you're already running for your life because you know what's He's coming. He's got one second to throw the ball, too. Yeah, like, I mean, if this kid develops through this kind of adversity, he's going to have the quickest snap-to-throw time in the NFL, in NFL history. But, like, he looked good today. He he elevated the talent of those around him. Corey Mm -hmm. Davis looked good. Yeah, and he he negated a lot of that, uh, a lot of sort of the areas of strength that Titans defense just worked around them. Um, You know, whether whether it was, like, a, a a good sort of set of play calls or not, yeah. Who's to say? Um, or whether it's his talent. Um, but I think that yeah, he looked he looked good. Um yeah. I'm not and... sure if I've mentioned this already, but I want to know what's going on with Marvin Mims because he was activated for uh Denzel Mims, Mims. sorry. Denzel Mims. Yeah, Denzel. But because he was a- activated for first time in forever. And he was he probably got a good amount of snaps too, and he didn't get a single target mm-hmm. when he was their second round highly touted receiver last year. He can't yeah. create separation. That's a problem with Big 12 receivers. It's been the problem for a while now. Uh, there is one thing I forgot to say real quick. Uh, week seven, the Saints get Will Lutz, their kicker back, and that is big. Um, mm-hmm. Aldrich Rosas has been one for four, so that's a game changer. But yeah, um, on to um, the Jets. I do think I think Zach Wilson <laughs> played well, but the defense was really what was impressive to me today. I think um, this was a scheme win. Quincy, mm-hmm. uh, Quincy Williams – Quinn Williams, um, John Franklin Myers, they all had great games. Uh, it makes me imagine, like, what if they had Carl Lawson still and they they can develop these high draft picks? I mean, Qu- Quinn Williams, I think, has five and a half sacks or something through four weeks. Like, he's looking like what he's supposed to be. Um, he has a high sack number uh, through four weeks. So maybe Robert Sell's defense is coming together. Um but I mean, it's obviously it's all lying on Zach Wilson and we're not going to look too much into it. It's a good team that they beat. They weren't supposed to win and they pulled it out in overtime. Do we expect them to start going on an eight game win streak? No. Yeah. Um, uh, but this was encouraging to see from Zach Wilson for, for what the mediums media sees him as. And uh, speaking of Zach Wilson, uh, sorry, speaking of uh, the that Jets defense, sorry. I want to flip to the Titans offense and I want to know, you know, these five guys that show up and they block, they run block for Derrick Henry and they make these holes mm-hmm. and he marches through them and they just power over uh, the opposition. But those exact same five guys seem to fail pretty consistently in pass protection. Is that a scheme problem or do these guys just lack? They're just run blockers. The I don't think like, they like Becton's out. Makai Becton's out. Elijah Vera Tucker we knew this in college. He was a run blocker before he was a pass protector and he's just not developing at the rate we want. He'll develop. He just isn't at the rate that, that we want to see. Uh, and it's weak. Um, aside from that, Morgan Moses and uh, what's his face. He was the swing tackle for the Seahawks. He's their starting left tackle now. So um, George Fant, you're talking George about? Fant. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just a di- discouraging situation right now. I think they have Connor McGovern starting too, which is just, they'll get better. Um, this whole team is developing at a, about the same rate right now. So 
they'll start to win games, more of them, um, towards the end but of the season. But it's going to take a while, but, too. Yeah, this is more uh, of what we've seen in the beginning weeks. This is like two losses, one win, if that. So, Tolva was so mad about the Saints still that he talked about the Jets' offensive line. Yeah, I was talking about the Titans' offensive line and uh, how they could manage to run block effectively but can't pass block at the same time. Yeah, and then I said, I think they hate Ryan Tannehill, and then you said Mackay Beckton, and I was like, one of those things is not like the other. Because, I mean, oh, frankly, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, the theory applies. Well, the Jets is the storyline here to me. I don't think the Titans have been impressing anyone. Derrick Henry's still rushing for 150 yards a game. It, yeah, but Derrick more. Henry isn't the Titans. I mean, he can't it has be the, the Titans. biggest nose ring I've ever seen well, in my life. Does it hurt? Well, he's a bullback, isn't he? Does it hurt it only that makes bad sense. to have Julio Jones and AJ Brown out? Like, did it did it actually hurt that bad? Oh, they lost to the freaking yeah. Jets. I I mean, I wouldn't say Titans that's an overrated yeah, they team. Anyway. Doing anything really out of this world with them? So. That's what I mean. Yeah, and Tenet had no time to throw anyway because, I mean, you know, it's not, the DJ's defensive line is far from being an absolute powerhouse, but they're trending up with uh, Sala scheming them. And um, I Shaq think that... has been MIA too. Mm, yeah. What, yeah. He, you know what? He's, he's been so MIA, I kind of forgot about him. That was um, such a hyped-up trade too before the season started. Yeah. And now he's just – he's trash. Yeah, he, you can't you can't even find him out there. I don't even know how many what his snap count was. Um, no, he gets I, I think it was by low. every tackle. Mm. I he mean, he's just, he's just fallen. He's falling off. I mean, see, it's nice to see C.J. Mosley returning to his old form. Yeah, um, that is encouraging. He thirteen tackles. He had ten total, and then Quincy Williams is seeming to be quite the pickup at Sam for them. He had a sack today, two tackles for loss. He had a pass defended and 12 total tackles, 10 of them being solo. Um, you look at Quentin Williams. He had two sacks today. Um, John Franklin Myers seems to still be a consistent interior presence. He had a sack today. Bryce Huff is the result of a good scheme. He had one and a half sacks today. Um, and then they had a, a ton, they had a ton of, of, of good um, cornerback play actually today. One of my favorite guys pre-draft in, I believe it was 2018, um, maybe, no, it was 2020, was Bryce Hall, uh, the cornerback from Virginia. And he got injured in his senior season and fell, like, all the way to, I think it was the fifth round, like, pick 155, 150, 155 to 160. He fell. He had three passes defended, a half sack, two quarterback hits, five total tackles, four solo today. So uh, he showed up. Um, when they needed him and he wasn't facing AJ Brown or Julio Jones, but he showed up. So um, Asala to me is, is elevating the play of, of this defense right now. Um, and he's doing what he was brought in to do. Happy that the beautiful bald man got his first win. Many more to come. Uh, I don't Five know. Years from now. I said nice stuff about Jalen Hurts and I, I paid homage to Nick Sirianni, and then that's it. That was your problem there, praising Jalen Hurts. He's going to be good. Anyways, we're talking about quarterbacks who should be praised. Don't get enough love. Cliff Kingsbury is going to win Coach of the Year. Kyler Murray is going to win MVP. DeAndre Hopkins has hands bigger than Deontay's head. I told everybody that the Cardinals were going to win, and everybody was like, no, they're not. You're dumb. 
and then they're like, why are you wearing a Cardinals hat? And well, I was you're like, still dumb. Winning. And look at me now. The Jets won. I was right. Jalen Hurts played well. I was right. The Cardinals undefeated. I was right. And Deontay you're still looks like dumb. Lizzo. I was right. So, <laughs> my God, he's not even here. Yeah, but he's going to watch this later. Yeah, yeah hey, he's going to hear it. Yeah, this you know, it's not like he's not going to find out. What did he ever do to deserve this? But uh, you are right about what you said. Um, I do think that um, the Cardinals pulled this one out. I do think that Deontay looks like Lizzo. Um, I just think that uh, Deontay is Lizzo. You had a good week of yes, game picks. Um, it's not as satisfying as being able to go up every week make your game picks and then outplay X and win like three to one, four to one. That mm-hmm. is a feeling that drugs can never replicate. So um, maybe we'll get on that, but uh, hat off to you. Good job, Steven. You, mm-hmm. you made some good game picks this week. Uh, hat off as in take off the Cardinals hat. Um, I will, I will yes, wear this because the Cardinals are the best team. Red Sea, baby. Um <laughs> All right. I mean, I got a good question for us. Who do we think is the top team in the league right now? Bills is not an acceptable answer. Just because it's true. <laughs> no, um, I think that Buffalo are one of the, a top two team in the AFC. I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but we say we have no reason to believe that the AFC is better than the NFC right now. Um, and. Uh, the Cardinals are the only team that. The Rams? I think it's the Rams still. I, I, yeah, just, I do too. I think that the Cardinals, we just, uh, they're, they're, they're new and exciting and they've got a lot of strength that came in all, a lot of, got a lot of strengths that came in all at once. Um, but I think that this time in a couple of weeks, it's going to be the Rams back on top in the, in the NFC West again. Well, that's, not, that's not an outrageous take. Do you agree with that, Bryce? Oh yeah, I do. I think the Rams are, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot better than they showed today. They have strengths everywhere on offense. You got a top defense. I mean, they just ran into a good team on a hot, yeah. on a hot streak. So, yeah, Great team think, yeah. on an all-time bender of a heater. <laughs> I'm, and I think we'll, I think we'll know more by the, you know, when they play their second divisional matchup because I that's think that that's like going to be the true indicator. Week thirteen, yeah, Where, uh, week thirteen is their next Rams matchup. Their next divisional matchup, um, we have next week against the Niners in Arizona. I think that's going to be indicative. with Trey Lance. It will. Wow. I mean, it'll be less so because Trey Lance is in a quarterback. I think, but I mean, the Rams need um, need to prove that they could beat beat mobility at QB right well, here's, now. Here's what I think. I think that um, oh, I'm talking about the Cardinals. The Cardinals uh, next divisional matchup is next week oh, yeah. against the Niners with Trey Lance. And to me, I feel like the storyline is going to be, you know, what's going to, what's Trey Lance going to look like, but that'll be telling of yeah. the Cardinals, you know, because yeah. I feel like when you come in as an underdog and you've been on a hot streak and this is a divisional matchup and there's passion in it, you can pull out a win like that. Like that can happen and you can be the worst team in that matchup. Mm-hmm. You can be out coached or whatever, because you won't catch me dead. Even if he wins coach of the year saying that Cliff Kingsbury is better than Sean McVay, you'll never ever catch me doing that. So 
stinks you feel that way. All right. One last thing that everyone's going to go to bed. Um, Except me. Hartley, let's start with you. Who was your week four? Drop your nuts on the table. Player of the week. Mm, hard, because I'll admit I did not. After not getting home till 3.30 a.m., I didn't watch the morning slate of games because it was technically 10 a.m. But... <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I, I, I still think it's Derrick Henry. I mean, you know, certainly they lost, and that's not pretty, but 157 yards, I mean, it, it might be what you expect from him, but, you know, it's dominant, and he's the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. Yes, sir? Uh, I was really hoping you wouldn't go to me next. I'm not ready. Um, I have mine. If you're not ready, I got mine. Yeah, yeah man, go for it. Okay. Uh, uh, even through the loss, my drop my nuts on the table player of the week is DJ Moore. Um, he had eight touches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. In the last couple weeks, let's see, this is his third week in a row with eight receptions. He's had no less than 79 yards in each matchup. He's had a touchdown in two of them. He's up to three touchdowns on the season, and he has 398 yards through four weeks against, you know, like an all-worldly Trayvon Diggs. This is why I'm not ready to buy into Trayvon Diggs being a top, top three guy right now. DJ Moore had 113 receiving yards, and he put up 79 yards on Marshawn Lattimore, and he dropped 126 on whoever the – Texans are calling their CB1 right now. And he dropped 80 and on uh, the Jets and whoever, I would say Bryce Hall. Um, against good, bad opponents, he's consistent. He puts up big yards. He's explosive. He's versatile. Uh, and he's always there, even without Christian McCaffrey. He's going to show up. And he's been banged up. Like, he has soft tissue damage. Um, and he's playing through. He's a tough guy, good player, consistent, underrated. No one's paying attention to him right now. All right, I've got mine now. Hit us. Cordero Patterson. Yes, the man, yes, the man, I love this. It's about time. I mean, like, the, the dude's, like, a late career resurgence has been unbelievable. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah. 11, 11 touches, six carries for 34 yards is a 5.7 <laughs> AVP. I'm oh, sorry, um, every AYC. Man, I got that nice. So, um, you know, average healthy carry, it's a, that's a very good YPC. That's it. Um his you know, receiving though five receptions for 16.4 yards per reception um 82 yards total three touchdowns three touchdowns every one of those touchdowns came on a different type of route too from a different area sort of uh field. he um he hit like a, a huge um it was like, i think it was like a, a go route a crossing route and a fade he he can know. run every route like you the watch the tape he can literally run all of them I mean, I love – there's nothing more entertaining than one of those guys who can do it all and gets the opportunity to do it all. And the Falcons because, of all teams are using him right. Yeah. They, they, I mean, he's, he's been misused for so much of the prime of his, his, his – you know, the, the most athletic years of his career, and now here he is balling out. And I love Who'd it. Who would have thought he'd be doing better than Kyle Pitts, of all people? <laughs> or Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And he's outrushing Mike Davis. 
Taking I, um, snaps away from Mike Davis. Hang on. Mike Davis today, by the way, 13 carries, 14 yards, 1.1 yards. But he had a carry. touchdown and held me out in fantasy. So he had a receiving touchdown. Yep. Thank you for that. And he should have been tackled <laughs> twice behind the line of scrimmage. But uh, well, according to his yards per carry, he probably was. <laughs> so that's a good one. God, that's that's a great one. I've been on the Cordero Patterson hype train for like two or three weeks now. So Bryce, I got to go with Tyreek Hill here. I mean, he had 186 yards and three TDs. Granted, it was against uh, Steven Nelson, watch Steven Nelson, but he was still unguardable and Darius they couldn't Slay. stop him at all. Make it sound a little better. Darius Slay, Anthony Harris is out there too. Yeah, I mean, but Steven Nelson guarded him a little bit most more. Most of I the think. game. Yeah. Well, yeah, most I, I of the think- game. He was, he was, I would have said him. I mean, he, I'd say that's another valid guy. What was his, uh, what was his average yards per catch today? Uh, hold on. I got the stats right here. About 11. 16.9. Yeah. 16.9. 44 yards. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, as long as 44 yards. You know, I always look at that. Like, what if you had one less touch and that long didn't happen? Then what does your box score look like? And there are yeah, a ton of people. Take away the outliers, it's right? Still right. one forty-two. And it's still it's and that, that is that is the mark of a great player when when they're long on twelve targets out. And so he didn't even catch line. On twelve targets too, so he still only dropped one pass. That's well. I, I will say that is something that goes overlooked. Is these. Uh, for quarterbacks, it's like how many passes did like uh, no one no one knows this. I guarantee none of you knew this. Jameis Winston, um, he had six less completions than attempts today. Um, he was seventeen for twenty three. Tyreek Hill was what uh, eleven for twelve, uh, something like that. Cordero Patterson, I don't think he dropped a pass today. I think it was overthrown maybe a couple times, but. Like, like these players who are really balling out are putting up like, like great numbers when it comes to, uh, you know, what's your catch radius when you're a tight end or a wide receiver? How many are you going to drop? How many are you going to miss if they're high or low or whatever? Like tape doesn't lie. I watched a little bit of that chiefs game and Tyreek Hill was like incredible. So Steven, do you have one? Of course. Hey man, drop your nuts. Zach Wilson. No, that. You Michael Carter. That. No. Pick which one you want. Pick so, which Carter. Corey you Davis. Want. Okay, I, I don't talk like that, anyways. But uh, mine's actually not a player. Mine is a member of a coaching staff. So this is my drop your nuts on the well, technically barstool coach of the week, Urban Meyer. How this old head gets more girls at bars than I do. I don't care if the video is old or not. How this guy's able to do it. He has a a wife. wife. He's got a girlfriend, apparently. He's got Trevor Lawrence, and he lives in Florida. Like, this dude has an embarrassment of riches that I'll never be able to comprehend. I'm like a six-foot-tall, like, objectively ugly white dude from New Jersey. Like, get me one he's of those. Okay. More girls Dude, he's you can fix w's. one of those things by moving out of New Jersey. Yeah, you can be bad hey. if you just, like, I already, I already did things. that. Yeah, see? Yeah, yeah Ethan, so, are you happier now? 
Yeah, so <laughs> Urban, like, I don't know. You might have heart problems. You might not have a win in the NFL yet, but at least you got another short week. He's, you know, he's got several job offers for college gigs. I, I would is, say I can understand Stevens neck of the woods in New Jersey. I, I, I like being close to the, to the city and all the opportunities I get from there. So that's why North Jersey stinks. This is a great group of guys. Always a fun podcast with you, you four. Well, we try our hardest, you know, it's just such a, such a pleasure. Yeah, see, it's times like this where I'm genuinely unsure if I'm being mocked or appreciated. Appreciated. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't oh, say any of that's that's. So I know it's not. It's new mocking. for me. Okay, well, in that case, I feel special. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the comment. Yes, thank you, Steve. That's week four. This will be on Spotify and Apple and YouTube. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll make a TikTok out of it. You know, talking about Urban Meyer, just like hanging wood everywhere in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, hmm. We'll be back a couple of times this week. It's pretty exciting. Hmm. A lot of sports to get into. It's October. Uh, it's pretty fun. You know, Tolva's oh, yeah. probably, probably going to come on here one of these weeks talking about how good the Saints are and whatnot with this pumpkin spice. And then, I don't know. I don't drink pumpkin <laughs> spice chai lattes. <laughs> I didn't say chai lattes, but how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you people think of me. I'm better than this, okay? I drink iced vanilla Are you lattes. Really Are iced you really? vanilla latte is better than a chai tea that you see some of the rich white boys walk into my school with every morning. So, yeah, it could be worse. Okay, but if there are rich white boys at your school, then... That drink chai tea lattes every morning and put their pinky up when they're sipping. Yeah, okay. See, putting the pinky up when you're sipping is something even we don't do, so... You know, you know they're just pretentious if they do that. Right. Meanwhile, I will gladly go grab my double double from Timmy's for like a buck fifty. This is the mostly the best bakery. Yes. Thank you, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Although I still maintain Canadian Timmy's this, better than US Timmy's. I'll bring you some a, real Timmy's oh, next is, game. I, is this a I, caffeinated goods podcast now? Um, it is. Welcome to Wave Thanks. We're sponsored by whoever happens to give us money this week. Hate to break it. I've actually never had a sip of coffee in my life. Hey, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan. You gotta get that, Matt. Come on. This is just no, the next stage. So you can't say that on live TV, man. This isn't live TV, yeah. Andrew. He's People still very upset. You gotta you gotta you can't say that on semi-live TV. Live and a half, you know. Also still no, is a TV. Is, like this is, is not live. a TV show. Like it could be on a TV. This it can be, but that doesn't make it a TV show. It could be on what we say. Mm, that's that's true yeah he doesn't he's not gonna edit this at all so he's just gonna say hi you guys you know clown the crap out of yourselves no to the internet like the podcast i'll probably put like a disclaimer like about how we talk about the patriots for like way too long and nobody wants to hear that say skip to blank skip the patriots yeah yeah Yeah. all right skip the first two hours of this happy week (laughs) four everybody yeah happy week four see y'all tuesday yeah see you then